Hey, Generation Church, we welcome you and invite you to encounter Jesus with us. We believe that through him, we will encounter love and discover our purpose. So take a seat, lean in, and let this message fortify your faith. Amen. Okay, well, since it has now become officially Mission Sunday, I'm going to have our resident speaker come on up here, Miss Andrea, who's going to minister the word. So would you guys warmly welcome Andrea? Okay, we good? Is that better? Okay. Awesome. Well, good morning, Generation Church. (laughs) Um, How many of you have done a treasure hunt? Just raise your hand. Anybody? Oh, a lot of you. Okay, awesome. Now tell me, what is it you love about a treasure hunt? I need to hear some things. Okay, yes. Ooh. Oh, any treasure hunt, just like in general. Like yeah. Like when you pray, and then like before you go evangelize, and then you're like, find the treasure. Yes. Um, and then they're like, how did you know that? And we're like, Jesus saw you, and they feel like really known by the Lord. Wow, that's awesome. I don't know if you guys caught that. There's such a thing. I didn't find out about treasure hunts, that type of treasure hunt until I lived in Africa, actually, but it's more of like hearing from God, having like specific clues and finding a person. So that's amazing. Yes, that could be a whole sermon right there. (laughs) Thank you, Eileen. Anything else? Like things that you love about treasure hunts? What gets you excited? The hunt, the actual hunt. There's a purpose, right? There's a map. There's like, what else? The adventure. The adventure. What else? The people. Yes. Maybe you're doing it as a team. What? The prizes. There's always a treasure. You know that you're going to get something. There's going to be a reward, right? Okay. So today, I have the next best thing to a treasure hunt, okay? I thought about hiding things around here, but I thought maybe some things would get smushed. But I want to tell you, I want to tell you, I have on the stage 10 luscious, dark, strawberry, lint, truffle chocolates. (laughs) So I say all of that to tell you it's the best chocolate in the world. Lint really captures my heart. If I have my kids, like, if, if I want them to do anything, I'll be like, there will be chocolate. And there, there will be lint chocolate truffles involved. And they're like, yes, mom, I'll do anything. Okay, so I'm going to have us count down from three. And then as you see scattered on the stage, there are 10, hopefully still 10. They might have, some of them disappeared. <laughs> sure there were two over here, but I don't know. Okay, so maybe there's like eight. I think there's eight. Okay, so we're going to count down. I know, it's treasure. You got to go for it. Sometimes you can't wait. It's like that kid who baptized himself. He's like, I can't wait. (laughs) Okay, so this is a little treasure hunt, but it's a real easy treasure hunt. You just got to get up here fast, okay? Like I said, there were ten. There's eight. Okay, so we're going to count down from three, and whoever would like to get out of your seat and come get the treasure. Okay, ready? Three, Two, one, go. <laughs> oh, man. Next time I'll do more. I'll do more next time. <laughs> I know. I know. Okay. <laughs> All right. So turn to your neighbor and say, your treasure moves you. So this little treasure hunt has revealed something to me about every single one of you. 
it has told me something about each one of you that I did not know before that experiment. I now know who loves or who treasures chocolate. Okay. So if you did not, if you were not interested in chocolate, you never would have gotten out of your seat. You would have been like, I'm good. Let those little kids get it, you know? But if you love chocolate, you saw even from the side, people were like creeping. They were like ready. <laughs> They're like, I'm going to get a head start. I'm just going to come out here and, and get this, this prize, okay? So the truth is, if you don't treasure something, you will not search for it. What we search for reveals what we treasure. I'm going to say that again. What we search for reveals what we treasure. And what we treasure sets the trajectory for the rest of your life. Whatever we treasure sets us on a path. It sets us on a course of action. And we will spend our energy, we will spend our resources, we will spend our time devoted to reaching whatever it is that we treasure. For example, <laughs> someone in here like Daniel might have said to himself, this lady, Rebecca, she's a treasure. <laughs> so I'm going to intentionally set my path and my course on winning this woman to be my bride. <laughs> and I bet there was some sacrifice. I bet there was some time. I bet there was some intentionality. I haven't heard how you proposed yet, but I bet it was special. I bet it's something that you will talk about and your children and maybe your grandchildren will talk about because you treasured Rebecca. So whatever we treasure, it's setting us on a path. And I want to ask you today, what is your treasure? What is it that you treasure that moves you to action? God says to Abram, I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. Everyone say, exceedingly great reward. <laughs> Okay, say it like you mean it. Exceedingly great reward. <laughs> so God was setting Abram on a path. He was setting him on a course. And he actually was the first missionary, right? He was like, God said to Abram, I want you to leave your family. I want you to go to this place. I will show you. But the reward was not going to be the land that Abram got. It was not going to be the the wealth of the animals that he got. It was not even going to be the promise of having a big family or becoming a great nation. The very best thing that God offered to Abram was himself. He said, I am your shield. I am your exceedingly great reward. So he let, God let Abram in on this really big secret that there's nothing else that will satisfy you. There is no greater treasure. It is my presence. It is the gift of relationship with me. And so God says that to you today too. Whatever it is you're chasing after, God says, all of those things will not satisfy you. Will you come to me? Will you let me be your greatest treasure? So I have to ask you today, is God your greatest treasure? How much of your life revolves around seeking him, pursuing him, seeing what's on his heart, opening up scripture and saying, Holy Spirit, like, make this come alive to me. How much of your life revolves around like, yes, saying yes to God, I will obey whatever it is that you ask of me. What other desires compete with your affection for Christ? 
So the Bible tells us that God himself is Abram's treasure. So now, what is God's treasure? He owns heaven. He owns earth. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. The Karamoja would be very jealous to to know that because they're chasing cattle. But God has everything. He lacks nothing. So what does God treasure? What did you say? You said, say it louder. Me. Uh huh. Uh huh. He treasures. He treasures you. So First Peter two nine. I think we can put that up on the slide. First Peter two nine says, "You are God's chosen treasure. He called you out of darkness to experience His marvelous light, and now He claims you as His very own." So you, can you believe this? Like, can you wrap your head around this? So let's just imagine what heaven is like right now. It's perfection, right? God is seated on a throne. He's surrounded by angels worshiping him 24-7. He lacks nothing. He owns everything. And yet he says, you, Connor, are my treasure. You, Zuri, are my treasure. You, Janine, are my chosen treasure. That's got to blow your mind. (laughs) And so if you think about it, only the people who treasured chocolate got up out of their seat and came rushing down to get the chocolate. And if you think about it, that's the story of the gospel. Jesus got up from his throne, seated next to the right hand of the Father. He left his throne, and he came rushing down to earth to go on the best treasure hunt. He's looking for the treasure of your heart. (laughs) so that means that every person in this room has the exact same value every person on the planet is priceless to god so let me just paint this scenario for you it's kind of like god walked into a target and just put the same price sticker on every single item and from our point of view we're like no 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 like a toothpaste is the same price as a flat screen TV? We're like, no, 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 not gonna happen. (laughs) And God is like, yes, like through the cross, he has put the exact same price value on every single human being. He has put the price tag of his son's blood on each person. And he says, you are worth my son's blood and you are worth my son's blood and you are worth my son's blood. He does not look at class. He does not look at race. He does not look at your history. He does not look at your mistakes. And he does not look at your accomplishments. He says, you, I have chosen you. And I have put my price and my value on you. You are my greatest treasure. So do you know that you are God's treasure? I just want you to put your hand on your heart. And just take a few seconds and just say, I am God's treasure. Take a few breaths and just let that truth sink in. What are the marks of someone who deeply knows that they are God's treasure? When you see someone who has let that sink in, not just as an intellectual idea, but as their identity, it's hit their heart. 
What are the marks of someone who knows that they are deeply known as God's treasure? Who said that? Yes. Okay, good. Joy. Absolutely. What else? Peace. Patience. Yes. Who said freedom? Give me a wave. Oh, man. Yes. So much freedom. (laughs) So basically, when God marks you, as his treasure, and you get that. You're not just like, oh yeah, okay, I'm, tre- I'm treasure. But you're like, I'm his treasure? Like that sets you free from what the world thinks about you, right? You're no longer marked by like, well, how many Facebook likes? How many Instagram followers? Who, who's saying what about me? Doesn't really matter. Like God has set his affection. He's set this like beam of his love on you. And you're just like, I can't, like every day you wake up, like one of the first things I say in the morning to myself is, let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love for I put my trust in you. So when you wake up in the morning, as you go through your to-do list and you kind of decide like, what kind of mood am I going to be in? What am I going to, what emotions am I feeling right now? Like, throw that out the window. (laughs) Like, take the truth of God. Say, let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love. His love is laser beam focused on you. He wants to shower you and focus you and center you in his love so that you can express that love to the world. So once you encounter God's love and you know that you are God's treasure, you begin to see other people very differently. So instead of like evaluating people by how they look or what their job title is or what they're interested in, you actually see each person is made in the image of Christ. Each person has the value of Christ in their life. They're carrying the very breath of God. So one reason why people around the world admire Jesus is that he loved the unlovable. So anybody who follows Christ and is able to see people through the vision of Christ changes the world inevitably. So take example, um, take Mother Teresa, for example. She cared for lepers. And I read a book about her, and it says that one day a new missionary, a new sister who had never cared for lepers, she wanted to enter into this missionary service. And so she entered the room with the lepers and the rancid smell of rotting flesh immediately began to cause her to vomit. And so she ran out of the building and she's vomiting. And Mother Teresa said to her sister, she said, go and get her and bring her with me into this private room where we're gonna bathe a leper. And so there's a news reporter there that day and he's writing all this down and he's like, I don't know how this is gonna work out. (laughs) She's throwing up, she's clearly not ready for this job, you know, she can't do this task very well. And so they, the sisters go and get her and they take her into the room with Mother Teresa and the door closes. And I think the reporter and all the other sisters are kind of like, they're waiting with bated breath, like, what's gonna happen? <laughs> How is this gonna end? And so time passes and this new sister comes out of the room and her face is glowing. And they're like, what happened? And she said, Mother Teresa taught me that when I bathe this leper, when I'm touching his body, I'm touching the very body of Christ. So when I touched his hands, I touched the hands of Christ. When I bathed his legs, I was bathing the very legs of Christ. And when I washed his feet, I was washing the very feet of Christ. 
And so Mother Teresa taught us that to touch a human being is to touch Christ. And I just want us to think for a minute, like, how would our interactions change if we were to create a sacred space around our relationships? What would it look like for us to slow down and to look at our spouses with this type of sacred space? Look at our children with this type of patience. When you change a diaper, you're like restoring their dignity right? Like, it can change everything. And so I just want to take a minute and just, like, pause and just close your eyes and just imagine for a few moments, like, what would your interactions look like even today as you leave this place? What would it look like to slow down and to have every reaction with human beings be infused with a fresh love of Christ? So the person sitting next to you in this room is waiting. Your family members are waiting. Your relatives are waiting. That coworker, especially the one that annoys you, (laughs) is waiting. And the nations are waiting. Worship team, will you come on up? Great treasure requires great risk. Jesus gave his life to win us his great treasure. And he's asking you today, will you lay your life down? What will you risk to win his great treasure? So who here today is willing to leave your comfort zone, leave your language, leave the comfort of your couch in your living room and your bubble, to go out and hunt for God's lost treasure. If you're willing, I want you to come up. I'm inviting you to come up and just pour your heart out to God and tell him, like, I want to go. Like, I'm all yours. I'm here. And if you have, maybe in your heart, you're like, I want to love people like that, but I'm not quite there yet. (laughs) Like, ask God to fill you. He has so much. He has, like, so much love to give you, and, we, and it's supernatural. You can't love people like Jesus did without Jesus. <laughs> Don't try to do that. <laughs> so if you're willing to lay down your life, you guys can go ahead and start playing whenever you have a chance. Um, yeah, get it going. <laughs> um, yeah, Jesus doesn't ask for much. He just asks for everything. That's a good word. Yeah. <laughs> So (laughs) Jesus said to all of them, if anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Let's pray.